Down the right field line, pretty well hit, LeVard way! It's the right way here tonight! Yogi Berra said it's 90% mental, the other half is physical. My name is Ryan LeVarnway, Major League Catcher and Minor League Grinder, and I've spent the last 15 years playing professional baseball while evolving my mindset. I'm fascinated by optimizing that 90%. In this show, I'll talk to elite athletes and mindset coaches about what makes them tick and how they've overcome obstacles in their own careers on the way to finding success. This is Finding the Way. Hey, this is Ryan LeVarnway, and I am so excited to be joined by Matt Bolden. Matt was... Mr. Colorado Basketball 2006, three-time WCC, first-team All-WCC at Gonzaga, and then WCC Player of the Year. He then went on to his professional career where he played in South Korea, Montenegro, Israel, and where else, Matt? In Greece, all over the States, D-League some. Um, All over the place, chasing his dream. Keep making dreams come (laughs) true, uh, playing pro basketball, and then ended up back in the NBA D-League where he won the championship and was actually finals MVP. So, uh, Mr. Basketball, what is, what does that mean? I think it means there aren't a lot of good high school players in Denver is what it's, is pretty much what it's saying. (laughs) I don't think that's it. So you were Mr. Basketball. Uh, you went on to a really great college career at Gonzaga. Were you always that good? Did you just pick up a basketball when you were an infant and you were just, it just fit in your hand and you knew how to, what to do with it? No, no. I mean, you got to put in that work. I, um, Basketball was always my favorite. I mean, that's for sure. I uh, I like you. Uh, probably should have played baseball. Honestly, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the schools that recruited me for college basketball wanted me to play both. Um, I just I just love basketball. I think that was pretty much the thing that you know pushed me over the edge. I always wonder if I put in the time I did with basketball for baseball where I would have ended up. But it's one of those things that yeah, basketball is my first love, and uh, yeah, I just from from day one, I just yeah, I, I couldn't get enough of it. And that with me too with baseball. Like I, I played basketball. I was not very good. I could not have played <laughs> uh, college for sure. The thing about chasing your dream and chasing your passion is you're doing what you love. So talk to me through when did you know you were better than most people at basketball? Was there a, a coach that said something? Was there a light bulb moment or was it just gradually you just got a little better while everyone else didn't? You know, it was kind of that and kind of growing. You know, that's kind of a big big thing, especially in the basketball world. Um, you know, unfortunately, size actually does matter in the basketball world. Uh, you know what I mean? There, there are probably so many great basketball players out there that are, you know, around 5'9", five, 5'10", five, that their genetics alone, whatever it is, they're never going to make it as far as some of these other guys that, you know, unfortunately are just born and, you know, 6'10", 7'0", whatever it is. And that's kind of what happened. You know, I, I always loved basketball, I, you know, summers, baseball, winter basketball. And then I, I grew eight inches in one year. Wow. And that's kind of when I took the took the leap to like kind of another level. But I was always, yeah, I was always, you know, growing up all tournament team. And, you know, whether we, my team won the tournament, you know, maybe MVP of the tournament. It really just kind of depended. Wow. I was always one of those better kids. But then when I grew it, uh, you know, it kind of, like I said, kind of took me to the next level. I am not going to just sit here and let you say, oh, I'm, I'm tall. So that's the only reason I'm good at basketball. Because there's plenty of, of really tall people that are right. blessed physically that don't have the skill set. Was there, True. was there some, what was it that separated you? Was it your mindset? Was it, were you a leader on the court? What kind of, what kind of player were you? What kind of teammate are you? Uh, well, you know, I, I like to think I'm a great teammate, honestly. Um, you know, that was kind of something my dad instilled in me. Um, it was just kind of, you know, he would take me out of games if I didn't, 
if I didn't move the ball, if I didn't pass the ball, you know, if I just came down and jack shots, you know, he would be, Hey, you're coming out. Like it was always about being a good teammate. I, 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 you know, I was going to say something. I feel better, you know, passing the ball, diamond somebody out than I do making a bucket, you know, and that's just always how it's been. That's how my dad instilled it in me. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, size, you know, size kind of gives you that, op- that opportunity, you know, that maybe some of the smaller guys don't, obviously you have to have some skill set and, you know, know how to play basketball, but it's one of those things that, you know, that, that definitely helps. That's for sure. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know my, uh, I, I like to think I'm a great teammate, honestly. What does that mean to you being a great teammate? It's more than just on the court, right? Oh, hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I have a, here's a fun story. I, you know, I went to all those camps, those, you know, those Nike all American camps in college, all the different college elite camps, high school elite camps. And we'd always have captains. And I was always, I mean, I was always the first pick. I, I mean, there'd be, you know, there's probably of the hundred kids there, there's probably 75 of them played in the NBA, you know, and I was the first pick for these teams because they knew I'd, I'd pass them the ball. They knew I'd be that teammate they wanted, but yeah, it is. It's so much more. It's connecting with guys off the floor you know, just kind of finding that common ground and then just, you know, kind of running with it. Um, especially when me being a, you know, a suburban white kid, you know, I, I definitely had to had to find that common ground a lot of times. And then, you know, I, I like to think I was a, a favorite on and off the floor for sure. Do you have any one teammate or one story that stands out? I, it might yeah. sound a little braggy to you right now, but but go ahead and brag about what was the time that you were the best teammate to someone? Man, I don't, I don't know. I've had some great teammates. You know, Steph Curry was my roommate on the USA team. That's cool. I spent yeah three, three and a half months with him next to him. It was a, uh, became pretty close with him. Uh, Blake Griffin's a good friend. He was a good teammate of mine at one of those camps. But in terms of like my my college teams and the teams I actually played extensive amount of time with, it's hard because that that's just kind of a relationship you build with guys. You know, yeah. you know how it is playing. It's one of those things that. Those one-off experiences, was one-off, you know, kind of camps and summer things, you know, those those are great experiences just because they're, you know, huge names. Um, they've had a lot of success. But, yeah, I like to think they, they'd say I was one of their better teammates for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I find that it's the day-in, day-out showing up as the same guy, consistency. People know what they can expect from you, whether you're going good, whether you're going bad. I told you I went over yep. four tonight. Uh, I was still a good teammate, and and that gains respect. If you if you miss the game winning three, versus if you make the game winning three, who who are you in the clubhouse the next guy the next day? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I couldn't put it better myself. You know, it's one of those things that you know you you sent me that list of some things, you know, some little points that you you know you might ask me about. And one of the things you asked was, uh, you know, like you said, the you know the the leadership style, and I, I kind of go that goes hand in hand with me for teammates, in my opinion. You know, like you said. Same guy, day in, day out. They know you're going to put in the work. They know you're going to be there for them, you know, on and off the floor. Um, you know, like you said, that those relationships obviously are way stronger. You know, way they have a lot more to say to me than about me than, you know, uh, a Steph Curry or a Blake Griffin. But it's one of those things that I'm with you. It's one of, you know, you, they just got to know you're there for them, essentially, on and off the floor. Where does your mindset need to be for a game? I'm the guy that, my last song that I like to listen to before I go on the field is TLC Waterfalls, right? I like to bring nice. it back down, calm down, keep it slow. But I know some guys are listening to heavy metal. They're getting jacked up. What's your mm-hmm. style? What's your last you song know, you want to listen to? Last song, at least, you know, for me, it's one that just makes me smile. I was one of those guys that, like, I'm, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to be playing. You know, I'm not one of those guys that's going to get angry and go crazy or, you know, I don't need to like, you know, like want to fight somebody or anything <laughs> like that. You know, 
something a little too soft, you know, might uh might not get any type of energy going for me. And I definitely need some juice. But um, you know, I remember in college I used to listen to one of the last songs I listened to was All Right Now by Free. Not sure you should Google that. You're not I would sing, sing it? it for you right yeah. now. But it uh it's it just because it's literally it just put a smile on my face. And I thought those dudes were so cool. It's like I don't even know, like seventies rock, eighties rock. It, but it I don't even know. It I, I'm one of those guys that like I just I just wanna be happy, I just wanna be in the right mood, just go out there and know that I'm yeah. you know, playing a game and it's 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 still war, but it's one of those things I'm still I'm still here to have a good time. Yeah. So you played that game, you went to war all over the, the world really in three different continents. What was it about basketball that kept you coming back, even though I'm sure as a kid your dream was to make it just to the NBA. You imagined a straight line to the top, right? And right. Nece- that's not how it works necessarily. I, I'm in AAA no. right now. I've been up and down 24 times. Right. You you chased it all over the world. What kept I you did, going? You know, a lot of it too is situational, as you know. So my first year, Chicago actually gave me a non-guaranteed out of college. And then I had ankle surgery and they released me because I couldn't. I couldn't play for a training camp. I was, uh, it was taking too long. So they released me. And then the following year was the lockout. So there was no NBA season. So I had to go overseas. That wasn't an option to be in the NBA. The following year, I actually had a contract with the Grizzlies, a two-year deal. But then I, I had a literally, I mean, this is how my, my career is gone. That's why you're talking about overcoming obstacles. I, uh, I had a hip issue. I tore my labrum. Um, and they, they ripped the contract up in front of me pretty much. Oh, just, no. just I, I couldn't even – I could barely walk up and down the floor. And then I went back overseas. And even overseas, I had crazy, crazy injuries. Got to Israel, great situation. Broke my foot on the first play. Had a stress fracture out for the year. Got to Montenegro, tore muscle in my calf the day I signed my contract. I mean, it's like you can't script this stuff. You know, it's one of those things that even my family, you know, people close to me are like, why are you still, why are you still doing this? Why are you still grinding because it's it's what you love, you know. It's what you it's what you know. It's what you love, and I was still played well enough in the situations where I was still getting offers, still getting options. The ones that really hurt are the ones where, like that, like you said, the Finals MVP, of the D League. You know, I I had a couple guys say, "Hey, you're you're you know you're one away from getting that call up. You're one away or whatever it is." And then to find out that certain teams they they called a the guy up I know because he was closer because I was in Maine at the time and the game was in L.A. and he was in Santa Cruz. So they called him up, you know what I mean? Not because they wanted him more, just because, you know, convenience and that kind of stuff just blows your mind. But yeah, because you love it. You know, it's what you, it's what you like. I got to see the world play basketball in almost every country in Europe, most of Asia, definitely every state. That's for sure. That's not cool, but um, it's one one of those things that, yeah, it's it's what you love. You just kind of keep doing it. I can't imagine, you know, my life without that. You're talking about all these injuries. Was there something that you think looking back now that you could have done to maybe prevent some of those or are they freak things or, or maybe talk me through some of the rehab situations? Right. No, I'm with you. And I've, I thought that I thought that a hundred times, you know, I think one of the only things I can think of would be overtraining. I was always one of those guys growing up where like, if I wasn't in the gym, my mind was like, somebody else is in the gym. Like somebody's getting better. I'm not, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things that like, I, I was obsessed. You know, I like, I, I had to, I had to be doing something even when, you know, I have a pin in my foot and I have a boot on my leg. I want to be in the gym at least like touching a ball. Like it was like, yeah. it was too much at times. That's probably the one thing I'd say that I could have done differently, but a lot of them were freak things, you know, like injuries that, you know, I'm doing two days here in Denver. I fly to Israel and break my foot on the first, you know, the first game. Like that doesn't, that yeah. doesn't make sense when, you know, I'm a hundred percent, my body's a hundred percent. And then that happens. Like some of these things are, 
you know, are kind of unexplainable. The Montenegro one, obviously, I'd know it was them. You know, they're they're crazy over there. I don't know if you've been over there. You know, Eastern Europe. Some of those coaches are like military, like you know, like it, it's it's insane. It's a different world. We can get into that at a different time, but it um, <laughs> it's it's a different world. But I know they caused that injury. You know what I mean? So it's like one of those things. This isn't a freak thing. This is them. But yeah, a lot of them. Looking back, I think overtraining. You know, maybe just the recovery process, taking my time a little, to, coming back a little slower, probably. But yeah, most of the time that I had these injuries, they were in situations where my body was 100, percent and then it just kind of happened. Okay. We don't want to harp on the injuries. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it is what it is. Uh, uh, it's a bummer, man. Coaches along the way, coaches that meant a lot to you, that really inspired you. Can you point to one or two moments that? a coach really made a difference in your life and your career? You know, I've had so many great coaches. It's one of those things that, you know, like obviously I think when you're younger, you're a lot more, you're a sponge. You know what I mean? When you're, you're everything, everything somebody says to you is like, end all be all, you know, you just take everything so much, so much harder. You know what I mean? So I think having my dad as, you know, basically my, my coach, you know, my, my mentor, everything growing up was like number one. Um, You know, he played, he was probably better at baseball. That's kind of why he pushed me to play baseball, you know, a lot of things. But he made me, you know, basically my mindset and a lot of things he implemented. He made it that way. So, I mean, just having him one through 14, you know, I think that was the biggest. And even then my high school coach, probably my coach Ortiz is his name, Joe Ortiz. He just won another state championship here in Denver. He's He's the best best high school coach in Colorado history, you know, like by far in person. And I'm not just saying it's biased. Like if he if he keeps coaching another 10 years, you know, he'll probably have 250 more wins than anybody, no matter what. Like he's like, he's that good. But I built a really close relationship with him. He just kind of funneled all my love for basketball. After that, you know, Coach Few's incredible. Tommy Lloyd's incredible. He's the assistant. He's now the head coach at Arizona. He was a big part of it. That whole staff, obviously, you know, college is huge. What makes these coaches so good? What makes him the best coach, college coach in Colorado, in your opinion? Uh, the fact that he builds relationships with his players. You know, he cares about you. Like he cares about you enough where he's gonna mf you if you, you know, if you're <laughs> if you're screwing up. You know what I mean? But he's also like, you know, he has your back. You know, like, you know, he like he'd go to war for you. He'd get a tech for you. Like he would, he punch somebody in the face for you. Like he would literally, he'd, he'd go that far. But he, but he coaches you hard, you know what I yeah. mean? And I think that relationship they build where it's almost – it almost is like family. You know what I mean? Like it is like, you know, you know they care, not just on the floor but off the floor. You know, I think that's a huge, huge piece that makes coaches great coaches, you know. Yeah. That's why I think at the NBA level and the professional level it's sometimes a little harder because they don't really have – a lot of places they don't really have that, you know, connection. You know, they're mostly – especially like baseball, for instance, you know, managing, you know, they're basically just managing personalities, putting players in situations where they can succeed, they can win games. But end of the day, these players are making 10 times more than the coach, you know, like the coach is dispensable, you know, LeBron James isn't dispensable. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like when you're younger, obviously that relationship really matters. And that's kind of why I think these coaches that I've had have all been so great and I've had great successes because I had such, such amazing coaches that, you know, really, really cared about me. That's awesome. I love I love it when you can build a relationship with a coach. My guy here in Toledo this year is a hard nut to crack, but he's been in baseball for 41 years. So right. I'm I'm trying to build that relationship with him every day cuz I know he's got so much knowledge to share. Right. If I can just get past the surface. Right, right. Uh, and, and it's it's crazy about that 
I mean, that matters, you know, in yeah. all, in all things, you know, you play better knowing that they have your back, that relationship, 100%. you know, like there's so much just weight off your shoulders. Back to that Montenegro experience. That was the only coach I ever butt heads with in my life. You know, like I, I you could probably call any coach that I've had and they'd be like, you know, Matty Bolden, that's my guy. Like everyone yeah. except this dude. And to go with that, like I was miserable. Everything about the situation, you know, I wasn't playing well. Like everything, yeah. you know what I mean? It just kind of goes to show what kind of coaches, what coaches mean to, to players and building that relationship is huge for your, for your own personal success and theirs. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that I am happier and play better when I have a positive relationship with the, the coaching staff. Yeah. Amen. It's, I know. It's, it's true. It's crazy. Before we wrap up, I did want to ask if you could talk to yourself as a middle schooler or a high schooler, or if you were going to coach a middle schooler or a high school kid and you could only give them one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Man, I tell kids this, and it, believe it or not, like, I, I told kids this before I even had this conversation with um, actually Rick Barnes at he's at Tennessee now was at Texas. We used to scrimmage them every year. Gonzaga did here in Denver. And I remember after that scrimmage, he, we like went to lunch or dinner or whatever with the teams. And he said, he goes, you know, every good player I've ever had was obsessed. You know, he goes, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be obsessed, you know, and that's probably not, you know, it's probably frowned upon to say, you know, I don't know how, how a lot of people feel about this. I'm not saying I don't have a life, et cetera. But, you know, you got to be obsessed if you want to if you want to go to that next level and, you know, really, really go somewhere with it. You know, and that's that's what I was, you know, and that's probably what I tell when I go talk to kids at camps or, or work kids out. You know, they you got to be obsessed. You know, you got to you got to breathe it if you really want to, you know, take it there. And that could be anything. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be, you know, whether music or, or art or whatever it is, you know, whatever you're passionate about. Just be be obsessed to the point where, like. It's what, you know, it's what you love. It's what you want to do. But um, that would be my advice. Be obsessed. Probably sounds terrible, but that's, that's where I think you need to, you need to get if you want to, you know, if you want to get to the next level. Yeah. I think that, I think a lot of pro athletes that have had a lot of success would echo that in their own lives. Like mm-hmm. the times that I've been the most successful is I've been to, totally obsessed. Right. Where it's I, like, yeah. I think about it when I go to sleep at night, I'm still thinking about it when I wake up in the morning. And there's something mm-hmm. about thinking about it all the, all the time that right. it makes you better even when you're not playing. Exactly. I mean, I, I slept with a basketball growing up. Like, that's how much I love basketball. Like, I was like, I, I saw this thing, Pistol Pete, my, one of my all-time favorite players, Pete Maravich, did this thing where he slept with basketball. I'm going to sleep with basketball. Like, it was like, it was all, I just wanted it all the time. What, you know, whether I was in the gym or not, I was thinking about you know, situations on the court or whatever, you just got to be obsessed. And that's what Rick Barnes said. You know, he said every great player he's had KD, um, you know, pretty much he was talking about KD, but he's like, every great player I had, <laughs> every great player I had was obsessed. PJ Tucker, TJ Ford, they got a lot of guys. Yeah, they were all obsessed and that that's what made them great. Because you got a lot of time, I mean, you got a lot of life after, after sports, you know what I mean? I'm not saying... You know that you know whatever. I'm, I'm just saying I don't want to. I don't want to talk down. You know. No, no, no. You don't have to apologize. I think you're right. Right. I right. love it. You slept through the basketball. I slept with my my glove under my pillow sometimes, mostly to right. break it in. But it was there. It was there. Yeah. I mean, there was a reason. I, it wasn't like I was like coddling this thing. You know, what I mean? it's not really <laughs> comfortable. But it was in the bed with me, and that's all that mattered. If I could wrap it up, it's be obsessed, be a good teammate, build a great relationship with your coaches, have fun. And sleep, right. sleep with your basketball. Sleep with your basketball. 
That's how you do it. That's literally how you do it. <laughs> Matt Bolden, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate you coming yeah, on. I appreciate you, Ryan. Thank and this you. This was a fun conversation for me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for listening to Finding the Way with Ryan LaVarnway. Find previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 